We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. We want to welcome you to the first podcast with Sam and Lauren since Evan passed away. Sam and Lauren are the face and voice behind A Copper Penny for Your Thoughts. Our conversation was heartfelt and emotional. Lauren and Sam wished to bring the raw and real to their community who loved them, They wished to bring the hard conversation of grief to the table, and they wish others who feel this type of heartache to know that they are not alone. They accomplished all of these goals beautifully. Please know we have broken the conversation into four shorter episodes, but have released them all in the same day if you would like to hear them all without delay. Well... My mom and my sister said that they've been listening to the other podcasts and they can't stop laughing about our Oma story. My mom said she couldn't even finish her coffee and my sister sent that and I said I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's real good. They've been very healing re-listening to some of them. So with everything going on, it just, I don't know. It's, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we did it when we did it and that we didn't wait. And that's kind of why I wanted to jump right back in because these emotions are raw and they're real and they come in waves. I mean, I'm sitting here and imagining that there are things that you guys are holding close to your chest that are yours. They are yours to hold. They're yours to have. It's Evan. These are things you're not going to share. Um, and so I imagine that there's some stuff that, that is, that's for you. And it, you've said in several podcasts in the past that, you have to remember, you don't have to share Evan with everyone. Yeah. And, um, and so I want to protect that boundary as well as we kind of begin this conversation today. Um, so I certainly, I know that this is not going to be easy. It's kind of like you said, the cloud that's hanging over your head and, um, and kind of sharing that piece that um, we've talked about hard in the past. And now we get to talk about the hardest the hardest part of all of it. And so I'm, I'm hoping that as we have this discussion today, that people will hear your heart and that this is um, not something that you're doing for, I know that's kind of what we've talked about in the past is the exploitation of the whole situation. This is not about you trying to, or anybody, or Oklahoma Family Network, or the podcast in general, or any of this, um, has not been about trying to get the likes, or trying to, um, it's about bringing awareness, and conversation, and that there is hard, and there are people that are living the hard, and you want to make sure that these people aren't living the hard alone. And that's why I think we're willing to do this today, because this is hard. This is, like, loving Evan was easy. Yeah. But that's why I think we're willing, or at least I am, to answer questions and talk about it, because we are not the only ones who have lost children. And, like, we've had, just doing Evan's celebration and talking to people, like, we've had pushbacks of, and conversations 
And we've heard some that we rather not have had the conversations or people had made the comments and it's like, Sam and I just kind of roll it off. And, but afterwards we talk about it and it sucks. It sucks that people don't have filters and what they say, they're not meaning to be mean or rude or hurtful, but it definitely burns. Yeah. And like the people that are closest to us, like my family will say something, but I have a great relationship with them where I'm like, like, I mean, you are here and we had talked about some days I didn't change Evan's shirt all the time because like, I mean, he's not a typical kid who's playing and getting gross and sweaty. And so if he stays in a shirt, I mean, sometimes I stay in the same shirt all day and I sleep in it. Um, and my dad went to make a comment. <laughs> he was looking at me like, yeah, was gross. <laughs> but my dad went to make a comment and I knew where he was going with it. And I shut him off because I didn't want to hear that. I mean, like, then that makes me feel like a bad mom and I'm not a bad mom. There, and that's not where he was coming from. But like, for me, you take it as you didn't do your best. And I did. They're going to come in waves today, guys. <laughs> Last week, I don't feel like it was because it happened on a Monday. I mean, I was, I felt good. Not good for what happened, but like, I thought I was going to be this emotional wreck. I thought that this was going to be, that first week was going to be so tough. And I was thinking like, well, if this is as hard as it's going to get, I can do this. And then this week hit. And, ooh. Okay. So let's, let's talk about how you guys are doing. Um, I got to see you in person last week, which is, was amazing for me because uh, we've been doing this over Zoom, but I got to hug your next last week. Um, and I kind of walked away from there going, okay, wow, they are almost, almost like a, hey, they got this. I mean, they're, they're gonna, they're walking this very hard path and they're holding their heads up and they've got this. And not that you still don't. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. Not that you still don't. Um, but, I, but I think that's a great segue into how are you doing now versus how you were doing last week? And are you feeling like there's been this transition? And I'd like to hear both of your perspectives. I, I know, Sam, you talked about possibly returning to work. And so, you know, kind of bring us <laughs> up this, kind of bring us up to speed on some of that. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, last week, I think Lauren's parents came and my dad and his wife came on home. They were in Colorado. They got here on Tuesday or Wednesday. My parents were coming just because we didn't have a nurse and with Evan being so hard and with Brian, they were coming for support, not knowing, we didn't know he was going to pass. But so we had her parents here all week. They left on Saturday and my dad and his wife, they actually flew back to Colorado on Saturday too. So last week was all just kind of one big blur of, you know, it, it kind of felt like one really long day. We didn't sleep much and people were always coming in and out. And we had a lot of people come visit and talk to us and bring us meals and all that. And so it was just, we really didn't have to like do anything. We, I took more naps last week than I've taken in the last 20 years, probably. So it was just a like I said, just kind of a blur of like, what day is it? Like, what are we doing today? Are we supposed to do something today? And we did, we met with like the funeral home and we did some of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it was just like one really long, terrible dream day. Mm -hmm. And then, so when everyone left Saturday, it finally got 
recognized how quiet our house is. Obviously, Ryan's a little screamer and laugher, and so <laughs> not totally quiet, but not having Evan here, having his auction running or having his pull socks beep and all that stuff is just kind of like a constant reminder that he's not here. And that kind of stuff to me is harder than his passing, I guess, is just there's little things every day that we recognize that he's not here and he's not coming back. And so I did actually return to work on Monday. I was in, I had it in my mind. I was gonna do a half day Monday because I didn't want to leave Warren by herself in this house. And so Monday leaving for work, like actually being at work was fine. I didn't mind the distraction, but the hardest part was leaving and driving back from work. I texted Hannah and it's like, it's really weird that like, you're not because she came basically as I was walking out the door, she would be here. So it's like, it's really weird to know that you're not on your way or like running a few minutes late and I'm not seeing you this morning. And not only that day, but she's never coming back at seven in the morning. And so it's things like that, that are harder and constant reminders of our new life or our new normal. And so I worked Monday morning and then I took Tuesday, Monday afternoon off, I took Tuesday morning off and we went to breakfast with Ryan and tried to like just have a a little outing to ourselves. And then I've been working from home. Uh, they're letting me remote in this week, which generally they don't let you do. We're not the best at remote. Um, so they're letting me do it this week. And then on Monday, I'll go back to the office full time, I guess. I'm just sitting no. there crying. <laughs> we'll see. No, he need, we need to get a new normal. It's just, it, like Sam said when we were talking, it was like everyone just like we all know this everyone's else's life continues no one skips a beat but our lives have been rocked and we're supposed to dust off our knees like dust 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 it all off stand up and continue like same supposed to continue going to work like nothing happened it's like something did happen and it's hard and like there's a lot of people who you know, they have reached out or haven't reached out. It's hard. All of this is hard. It's hard to talk about it. It's not hard for us to talk about it, but it's hard for people don't know how we are and how we're doing and don't want to ask because they're afraid or they don't know what to say. And like, you know, you hear so many I'm sorry's and then it's like, how do you respond to it? I'm sorry for your loss. You say thank you. And it's like, I, that to me, I just like, I'd rather you just tell me you love me and that you're here and skip the, I'm sorry. I already know you're sorry. That's why you're reaching out and talking to me. Like you already feel the pain that we're feeling. Um, but I what think. holding up? I get a little, get a holding up. How are you holding up text? Like, yeah. like how do you respond? Like, good. Okay. Or do you want me to like text sure. back? Like, well, this really sucks. Like, let me tell you about. How awful it is. So you pretty much just say, yeah, we're doing okay. And we, like, last week, I feel like when you said we seem to be holding, we did, we were. We, I mean, I think it was because the reality of it didn't really kick in. And um, within, Evan passed away at, like, 10, 
40 on Monday night. And then Monday morning or Tuesday morning at 10, we had people here getting oxygen and his concentrators and his um, equipment. And that sucked. That was like, I mean, I hadn't even slept. We went to bed. Right? I think everybody left, like the funeral home left with Evan at like two, maybe. Like they let us do our thing with Evan afterwards. They never rushed us. They were amazing. But then I stayed awake. Cause it was like, I mean, I took a shower and then I just laid in bed with my eyes wide open and Sam was like, did you sleep? I'm like, maybe an hour. And it's just because like my whole thing was if I closed my eyes, it would become real. And I would relive that whole moment and I didn't want to. So I was staying awake and then falling asleep. But that that's the part that sucked was like the next morning. And even Sam said like, they, they knew something had to have happened. They came and got, I mean, we had, what, like 20 canisters, canisters oxygen of oxygen. And like, I mean, we had small, big ones. And then we had two concentrators because one of them didn't work for a little bit. So we had one on hand. And then they came and got a nebulizer. And like the suction machine we thought was there. So they came in, didn't, wasn't like, good morning. They're like, I'm here for the oxygen. Like, okay. So we're like giving it all to them. I already have it laid out. So I didn't want them. I didn't want to have to like walk around my house for it. And um, he was like, that suction machine's not ours. Sam was like, I mean, okay, well, we'll take it out of the pile. He was like, Sam was like, well, what, what should I do with this? And he's like, I don't know. We don't want it. And it was like, it may have been a day for him or him not realizing how long it had been, but it was like that burn. It just, the whole thing just sucked. Cause it was like, then they left and it was like, okay, so now what? Like now what do we do with everything? Yeah, nobody talks about, and I remember before when Evan was younger or even like recently, they, our physical therapist was like, do you want a medical bed? And I kept saying, no, every single time a bed came up, I was like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that, no. And they're like, well, you can just get it as a loan. I'm like, I don't want that because I know whenever he does pass, whether that would be, six months, a year, six years, the first thing that they take is the bed. And like, I couldn't imagine, and I look at Evan's bed every night and I could not imagine it not being there. I mean, I know that he's not there, but I want to be able to, to do those things on my own time, not because somebody needs to take it because it belongs to them. So, and I don't, I mean, people don't really talk about any of that stuff about how like we have been grieving Evan's death since he was six months old like we walked away from there grieving that he was going to die and then every time we went to the hospital we grieved it and every single time he got really sick at home we grieved it and like so that grief of him actually passing we have been doing that it's not really being prepared for the absence of Evan, like of him not being here and his things like i don't know it's just like right now we still have his little pallet bed made and like we touch it, we go over there, we like straighten it up and, but it's like at some point that's going to go away. And Evan sh shared our room with us. So he has a crib in there that we talked about, like well, one day would be Ryan's crib. Like we're going to not leave his things untouched. But all of his clothes are in the same nursery as Ryan's. We didn't have a, a room for Evan in this new house. Um, we wanted it all to be together. And now that I'm thinking about it, like at some point, 
when we start picking up Evan's death, Evan's presence of what was here will be gone. And that's hard. So, um, and we're not in a hurry and it's gonna be on our time, but it's just, it's like one day at a time. But of course you think about like, you know, what's life gonna look like in a month when everything's over, when the celebration of his life is gonna be, I mean, we waited to do that. We didn't do it the week of, we wanted it to be on our time. And, and like, what does that look like? What are we supposed to do? Everyone brings up when Sam goes back to work and I just immediately start crying. I mean, I know it'll get easier, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. Like I'll learn how to do this. And like Ryan does keep us busy, but there are times when he takes naps where I'm like, well, I'm just going to take a nap. Like Monday, I was like, I'll just take a nap with him because I don't want to be walking around the house and it be empty because like Hannah's not here. Evan's not here. Like people don't understand. There's always been two adults in my house pretty much at all times with Evan. So like, I don't have my best friend sitting on the couch waiting to watch some stupid chick flick with me. <laughs> like, it's just me now. It's like. Kind of sunny, funny uh, side note on that. As we went to dinner with my brother and his wife <laughs> on Saturday night, and it was the first time the dogs have ever been home alone in the house ever. in two years. Because Evan never left the house the last couple of years. And so we always had a nurse or one of us here, like always, like I would go out with my friends and Lauren stay here. And we've got these dogs do as puppies, with, so. Or she'd do something with her friends and I'd stay here or Hannah was here or Nicole or some, or Aaron. So the dogs got into the trash can on our first, <laughs> our first outing. They've gotten better since we tried to do shorter outings. They're we getting used to it, but it, we thought it was funny that the dogs have never been home alone. I mean, they haven't been. We had to put, turn the TV on or like the radio just so, because our dogs howl. Like they they have like separation anxiety. <laughs> but like, I mean, see, we were even thinking like, okay, one person go out a different door. Another person go, because everyone uses different doors in the house. So by the time they realized it, we'd already be back. But quite a mess in our bathroom. So yeah, your dogs are grieving as well. Clearly. Yes. No, they definitely are. You can tell that they miss Evan. Like Gus still like lays in his spot, but then we'll put his head on Evan's pillows. Yeah, it's quite different in this house. But. I definitely um, have heard the concept that there's the the silence is deafening. And so, and obviously that's kind of twofold for you guys. It's, you've been surrounded by family. And so, so now all of the people have left. And so now your house is quiet, not full of people, uh, whether it be nurses or hospice or all of those visitors. Um, and then as well as the machines and they're gone. And so that, that silence is deafening, um, has got to be something that you're trying to figure out how to transition into uh, at this point. So well, at night, we've turned Ryan's noisemaker up a lot. It's like every, every noise, the, the air would kick on, and I would hear, even though his, I was such a light sleeper because I had to listen for Evan. Well, and I was, I'm a light sleeper to give, begin with, but I could even hear Evan's breathing pattern change. Um, and like, we, I don't know, I just drowning it out with trying to, with Ryan's not white noise has been helping a little bit, but. 
And there are times I still wake up and I turn and there's not a full socks to look at. And I just close my eyes again and which will get better. I mean, like we, Sam and I used to go on trips and I would hear a full socks in my sleep and like would look and there wouldn't be anything there. But like, I, and it's not that I hear them. I don't hear the, like, I don't, it's not like I'm sleeping and I hear stuff happening. It's just routine of like, I roll over and the first thing I do is I check the full socks to make sure, I don't know, it's there. <laughs> I don't know what I was looking for when he was here, but um it's the routine of things. Like I didn't have my breakdown. Was it like last, late last week? I walked by, I put Ryan in his bassinet, which is right by Evan's crib. And I turned to like, like how I normally would. I put Ryan down and then I would recheck Evan. And like, I went in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to turn around and start doing this. And I like turned around and there's an empty crib. And it was like, oh. So like I went to the bathroom and leading up to him passing, I started turning on his feeds at night. Like we would move him into our room and then I would re reset his, his front. <laughs> so I would turn it on, but it takes forever to like actually look like to go. So I would forget. So I would turn it on, plug him in to it. And then I would walk away and I'd usually go to the restroom and then go wash my hands. And then I would come back. And as I'm going to the restroom, usually the feed would beep and I could hear Sam like getting out of bed to turn it off. And he'd always be like, you know, Lauren, you, you always do this. Like, he's like, when are you going to learn to push the button? And I'm like, oh, and I made a comment like a couple of weeks prior. And I was like, you know, one day you're going to miss this noise. So that day when I looked and he wasn't in the crib and then I went to the bathroom and like, in my routine, I was like, and then this is when it would have beat. I walked out and I had already been crying. And Sam was like, would you say like, you're missing the beeps, aren't you? And I was like, Wah! I was like, because it was everything. It was the whole, that was my first like real release since it happened. I mean, I had like these waves where like, they come on, I take a breath, it goes away. But it was my first time of actually like, he's not here. Which I knew he's not here. I mean, we lived that, but actually, like in reality, like this, this is what it's going to look like. You've always talked about choosing joy, mm -hmm. finding the joy. Yep. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about how you guys are deeply searching and um, finding the joy and choosing the joy through this? Because I know it's it's can't be what you what we all think of as a joyous occasion. So how are you grounding yourself and trying to find some of that joy? So um, it's it's not usually when it happens. It's the aftermath where we look and look back and say, like, I'm a huge believer in God and I see God do things later on where I'm like, where are you? Not during the moment. I'm never like, where are you? But it's like anything ever bad happened to Evan, he's always been in the best place possible. And we had talked about years before when Evan was sick and going through our time, like, do we want him to pass at home or do we want him to pass in the hospital? And that's a big question a lot of people with special needs do talk about. Like, if you have the opportunity, which, like, what would you want? And people would talk about their kids passing at home. And I always was like, oh, my gosh, I could never imagine that. Like, to be able to walk in that same room, I don't think that I could do that. Um, 
fast forward when he was three years old and he was on the BiPAP 24 seven and we were going home on the BiPAP only doing it at night. And I was thinking to myself, like at some point this BiPAP's not gonna work anymore and Evan will probably pass at home. And are we okay with that? And even leading up to our events that happened now, it was like, is a hospital stay even something that we want to see? And we decided it wasn't because what are they going to do? They're going to put them on a BiPAP. Well, we have a BiPAP at home and our goals were not to keep them on that long. And, but looking at leading up to that time, as you guys know, is my family had been here. Now it's been three weeks. So like they left and it was almost a week to the day that he passed like maybe 10 days after he, they left. So it's like they got to see him. They still had the opportunity to see him. He was still awake. He was still laughing. He was still doing all of his shenanigans. He was, you know, my family got to experience the hard times, but also the good when he was here. Um, and like we, like that's, I mean, we have pictures, like that's the blessing of it. Like that's the hope and that's the joy. You know, I do have these beautiful pictures of me and my boys, all of them, even same included in my picture. And like, I'm a big sentimental person. And like, I say, take the pictures, even when you look like crap, because you'll never know when they're your last pictures. And like, so leading up to this, the joy that I found was everything was against us leading up to that Friday. And um, Evan had a really, really bad day. Sam ended up coming back from work. And um, Tommy, one of our only, she only works Fridays. She was here and um, we ended up giving clomazepam because that's, I mean, we were out of all of our options. Um, hospice ended up coming, giving him morphine and it kind of just calmed him. So he just looked peaceful. And then Saturday wasn't any better of a day. Um, and then Sunday, he, that morning, he like was smiling and laughing on the BiPAP and just like, he looked really, really good. His coloring came back. So you didn't realize like how pale he was until like we saw him the next morning and he had like all this color. Um, but we knew right when we took him off the BiPAP, it's only a matter of time that the CO2s will probably build up. And he, we, we weren't sure like what that would look like or how long that would last or what that would, would be. Um, and Hannah was in contact with somebody that tested positive for COVID. So she wasn't able to work all last week. And um, on that Friday, I remember calling my mom because my mom had made comments while she was here saying, if you need me, I'll come back. And she kept making that comment like, if you need me, just call me, I'll drive back. And I'm like, well, why does she keep making this comment? Like, is she seeing something that I'm not seeing? Like, what's going on? So Friday, I finally asked her, I was like, when you said you'll come back, was that for me or is that for Evan? She was like, it's definitely for you, but yes, for Evan. And I'm like, well, why are you saying that? She said, I've realized a huge decline since May. And I'm like, in what way? And she's like, when we were there, I only saw Evan being awake maybe 20 to 30% of the time. And I was like, okay, I'm like, what is it normally? And she's like, it's like 60 to 75%. So I was like, well, that's a big change. And I had seen a decline, but I didn't know over a period of time, like what that looks like. We're around it every day. So you don't see how much of the decline it was. And I was like, well, I think you need to come back. And she was like, okay. And I like, we kind of had a conversation that they would rent a car and come back Monday. 
Um, so my parents were on their way. Remember, Hannah wasn't working. So Sam stayed home. Um, Laura Beth, one of my really dear good friends, and um, she came over to help me just wipe down everything. Cause like everybody had been here a week prior. So like, I was just trying to get that back room ready for my mom. She ended up cleaning my whole house, Maeve, her little daughter who loves on Evan all the time. She came over, she picked movies for them to watch and she picked Sleeping Beauty. She said that Evan told her that Maleficent was his favorite. So they watched Sleeping Beauty, which they never watched. And I was like, it's really weird that she picked Sleeping Beauty out of all the movies on Disney. And then she was very kind and very um, patient with Sam and I when she kept saying she wanted to watch the blue guy. And I'm like, the blue guy? I'm just like, how? Like, is there one blue guy? And she's like, no, there's lots of them. And I'm like, the Smurfs? And she's like, no, not the Smurfs. And she's like, you know, the guy with the hat. And I'm like, the Smurfs? And she's just like, no, not the Smurfs. And I was like, okay, what color is the hat? And she's like, it's black. And I was like, I had no idea what she was talking about. And she's like, you know, the girl, she wears high heels and she sings. So I thought like, okay, well, Smurfette sings. So like, of course I'm like, so the Smurfs and she was, <laughs> no, not the Smurfs. So I was like, so I walked back to Laura Beth and I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. So Sam ended up giving her the iPad. She's four. She like goes through all of them. And Laura Beth was like, I wonder if it's soul. And Sam's like, found it. I'm like, what was it? She's like, it's soul. It's a heavenly movie. So this guy works his whole life to get a music career, finally gets his big break and ends up passing away. And he's like on the conveyor belt or the whatever, the stairs into heaven and they're moving. And he's trying to get back to, to earth and he's doing everything he can in heaven or in like the, I don't know if they call it heaven, but he's trying to get back. And I'm like, out of all movies, you know what? Like I look at it and that, that's, the, that's the blessing. Like maybe she knew more than we did that day. She snuggled them. She played Play-Doh with them. And she let him smell it. Sam took the day off to be at home. My parents came like around 4.30. And we ended up giving morphine that day. And we just loved on him. And, but like my parents, I don't know, like the whole day, I feel like it was a blur. And I can't tell you the time frame of it, but I feel like everything was exactly how it was supposed to be. Like that weekend we had all of our family come. Like Sam's family stopped by. I'm choosing joy. I'm cho choosing to remember the good things. I'm choosing what to I remember that your your whole family showed up on Sunday and left on him. That your other, your brother and your sister, our sister-in-law came on Friday and they got to love on him when he was still here. Like they made the choice to come. They made the choice in like, even your family said he doesn't look as bad as he, we portrayed him to be on on Sunday. And then after they left, he went downhill. And then, like, the parts I'm choosing joy, I'm choosing to remember that, like, Maeve had a big part of loving on him and, you know, choosing those movies, why she chose them, I don't know why. But I'm going to keep those close to my heart that she knew more than we did. That my parents showed up. Um, that... My mom got to hold him before it got real bad. And, um, you know, that Aaron showed up when she did to call Karen because we like he had dropped and it was like she came in to get a gallon of milk because my mom decided to buy everything from Costco's like two weeks prior. We have 
butter from Costco's and milk that we never would never have finished. So she came over to get that and she realized how where we were and was like Costco's going to be here. And like we were, we've called them. We're in the next, we're in the next house. We just need to wait. And she's like, we, you can't wait on this. So she called another nurse from hospice. She came over and she, the first thing she said is I'm not on the clock. I can't do anything. I'm just here for moral support, which is what we needed. Um, we needed somebody just to kind of walk us through what was happening and just to kind of be there for us. Like we could have done all that by ourselves and that would have been even harder and worse. Um, Hannah was able to come, even though she she had gone to negative COVID test Monday morning before all this happened, she just decided to go get tested anyway. Um, so she came over masked. She had showered real fast and got a mask on and got to be able to hold him and say goodbye. Um, so like that's the joy that I'm I'm fine like in my head is like everything kind of with all the bad events that were happening the good came with it too God's timing was I think feel like if it was going to happen not that we ever wished or wanted it to it was what we had, or what I had had hoped for is just this like at the very end this calming this peace this acceptance I wasn't angry I wasn't mad. Like we loved on Evan and told him how how proud we were of him and, and that we loved him and you know he I don't we just told him how great he was and and I feel like that helped us instead of this angry like we were I mean I talked to parents whose kids passed away in the hospitals and they're very angry of like why did you save my child and that had never been. I had never thought that leaving a hospital stay or thinking that, I mean, I've never passed away in the hospital, but like, even when we were here, when the time was coming, I just kept praying to God to like wrap us up and to be there more so for Sam and I. And I even told Evan, I was crying and I, I know he didn't look at me, but I know he was listening because he kind of turned his head. And I was like, I'm not crying because I'm scared of what's going to happen to you. I'm crying because I have to let you go. But it's that accepting of like, this is, this isn't the end, and this isn't. I mean, of course I'm sad, but I mean I'm not mad. I still believe my God is good, and I believe in heaven, and like. I know that there's a heaven and I know that, you know, I will see him one day. But till then, I have, I told Sam, I said, and Ryan's been the joy and the blessing through this heartache and this loss because if it wasn't for him, like, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have gotten out of bed today. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to find joy, but like, really, like, it's so easy to take another nap and pretend like the day is going to pass but Sam made a comment today like come on let's get up he's like if we learn anything from brother it's you don't waste a day and it's true but and I don't cry all day long but I feel like it's <laughs> coming more in waves as the week goes by I think it's just you know I think about him and I smile because you can't help but smile because he's he was this like joy this bright sunshine this um honoring child who just 
could get away with anything with a smile. Um, but from my perspective, um, just seeing on Facebook all the pictures that have been shared by everyone, uh, you're right. I mean, every time you see his smile, you can't help but smile with him because he just exudes just this light and this happiness. And he's like, I, I, I love my life. I love life. So mm -hmm. if I love life, better do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, when I like that's so whenever I think about him, like, I can be in the same, like, I, oh, <laughs> I always thought, like, how do people stay in the same home that their kids pass in? How do they, like, you have, you have the extremes where people are like, I'm moving right away. And you have other people who are like, I'm, I'm never moving. Like, this is where my child had passed. This is where we're going to pass. This is, and I, you know, Sam and I have always talked about doing adventures after Evan. And at some point we will probably move out of this house, not because it's like this, aura or like we don't like being here it's just we have other plans that we want to do and that would require like not being here so but we are continuing to do and I told Sam I want to continue checking off the bucket list with Ryan and that was Evans and everything that we should be doing some of those things too like we shouldn't just stop because Evan's not here. To your earlier question about choosing joy, that was always Lauren. And I was, um, I don't know, honored to, to be Evan's dad and to be Lauren's husband and to watch her choose joy every day and do these small adventures and things with him, even when I thought it was dumb or pointless. But now I'm, I'm happy that we have the memories and the photos. And had I not pushed back on some things, we probably would have checked a lot more things off this bucket list. But I was always one kind of like a little more reserved and just wanted Evan to be happy and I didn't care to push him. And so I think that's kind of what I've gotten out of all this, I guess, is like I told Ryan today, we can't waste today. And whether it was a hard day or a bad day or a good day, we were always able to come home to Evan and he was 95% of the time in a happy mood and giggling and laughing at his shows or his toys or Maeve or Hannah or Lauren or something. And so it's just been a real pride and honor thing to, to, to have him. And so for me, choosing joy isn't, I mean, or, or being brave or strong this week isn't anything I've really done. Uh, obviously, there was nothing to be happy about the past 12 days or whatever, but just looking back on in his life that, you know, Warren and I are, are so proud of him that he fought as hard as he did. He exceeded all of our expectations, all of the doctor's expectations. He was a wonderful big brother, a perfect son, and we're, we're just happy and joyful that we had him for six years. And so my role now is um, not to be strong or brave at all. Like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to continue, like, leaving Warren behind every day in the house. 
and it's not that I don't like work, but after six years of Evan, life perspective of what is important, me going to work, I'm honored, I'm happy to have the job, but it's not something that like fulfills my life. Like I'm not, you know, excited to make money and excited to be a deal maker and do these things for a large corporation. But now it's like, what what's the point that I left Evan every single day or every work day for five years to make money, I guess, so we could have a bigger house. And it's like, what, what benefit other than money did we get out of? I mean, obviously health insurance, we get insurance and we were able to provide the house and the food and the pool and all those things. But like the reason why we moved was to have the pool so we could get Evan in it, which we did do. We did that a couple of times. I feel like Evan has redefined my life as far as what our priorities are and choosing joy and having adventures and helping others is now a lot more important to me than it was six years ago. I know that sometimes as the male and as the dad, sometimes your emotions kind of get put on the back burner because you are the upfront person. So why don't you share a little bit, maybe some of that protection you've done for Lauren and trying to keep your family together and hold everyone strong? Because you were doing a lot of the, um, you did a, you did the post, you did the post on Facebook. And so I know that she was taking a break from uh, social media. So you kind of being the, the out front person on that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure how to answer. I don't, I don't feel like I'm the stronger person or the one holding us together. Um, that's generally Lauren that is the, the face of our family or Evan has been for the last few years, obviously. Lauren was always the one behind Evan's Facebook. She did 99% of the posts. I would chime in every once in a while, but I did do um, is the, the passing announcement and I don't know. I don't feel like I've held us together at all. I, I think Lauren's oh, done that, but. Uh, You're sweet, but yes, you have. There are things that have been said behind closed doors with family and Sam has been, he's heard my heart and has stood up to be like, let's put a pin in this. This isn't the time to talk about this. Or like, he's been, he sees my emotions and <laughs> he's the first one that will hug me and let me have those emotions, which I'm a very emotional person anyways, but Sam's been doing a lot more than he thinks he has. I mean, the fact that he even asked to take time and work from home, that shows just has the great of a dad and a husband he is, that he is doing that, like he said before, going to work wasn't the hard part. Um, but for me, sorry, I just kind of bumped you out, didn't I? That's usual. <laughs> But I want you to know, like, you have been, you've noticed my emotions and how to support me, and you are supporting me, and you're doing what you need to do emotionally to help me also get through this. Well, and the crazy thing is, too, is we talked about, so we, when Ryan was born, we pulled, Ryan was born in February, and Sam took FMLA for two weeks to make sure that he could be here, and he did that before we, we knew that 
Ryan was going to go into the NICU after he was born. So he spent five days in the NICU. And then we had only a week at home before Sam had to go back to work. And then we discussed how Evan had declined a lot since May and how, like, what that looked like. And the Wednesday before Evan's passing, um, he had gotten approved for FMLA for Evan. Well, that it got approved Wednesday and Evan ended up passing Monday. So we didn't know, we were thinking we had like at least another month with him. Like we talked to Hannah and Hannah was like, I had no idea that it was gonna happen this fast. It was like the events happened pretty quickly. And then it was, you know, we, are, we knew it was gonna happen at some point of Evan's life. And we just didn't think he had hold, held on for so long that it was selfish of us to keep asking him to hold on. I mean, that was, I felt very selfish. Like we, he'd already, he'd been so much above and beyond and was here physically and mentally that when that weekend came and we weren't seeing him very much because he was so tired and the CO2 levels probably were building up. It was just like, I, we didn't want to put him through more than he had already been through considering. Like we did, how about this? We did everything we could. We just didn't, we, we were so proud of Evan. We didn't want to force him if his little body and him weren't capable of doing that. So, um, I don't know. Just sucks. It sucks that we didn't, that we didn't do it sooner. But then again, it's like, you can't go like, what if anymore? It's now, what now? And what our journey looks like now. So we talked about Evan's celebration and what we want that to look like. Um, and that's been kind of keeping me busy. Um, I need moments to not do it just because it's hard looking at, it's nice looking at fo photos and videos, but at the same time, it's hard. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405 271-5072.